Welcome to the On Stage with Wellness podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Gina. We are performers turned certified health coaches who help artists reclaim their power and take intentional action in their life. Are you a performer who is tired of feeling burnt out, not good enough, and like you don't have control over your career? Get ready to feel energized, confident, and fully in charge of you on and off the stage. Tune in each week to get holistic lifestyle and nutrition tips for a sustainable career as a performer, our own inspirational stories and experiences, as well as our guests, and practical tools to handle rejection, competition, and perfectionism in the industry. And now, on with the show. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the On Stage with Wellness podcast. This is episode three. We have a really special guest here today. I'm super excited to introduce uh, Michaela. Uh, Gina, why don't you share a little bit about Michaela? Yes, we have Michaela McIntosh here. She is currently a ballroom dancer and instructor, as well as a musical theater performer. She previously worked for Disney Cruise Line as a dancer and singer and performed on the national tours of A Chorus Line and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. She currently lives in Cleveland, Ohio after moving from New York City after a life-changing accident. That injury led to a path of pursuing wellness and she received certifications in Pilates, body art, and the melt method. This helped her rehabilitate her body as well as help others dealing with pain and injuries. Welcome, Michaela. We're so excited you're here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Thank you. Absolutely. So How did you guys meet? A little bit. <laughs> Go ahead, Danielle. I was just going to say, tell us how you guys met. Uh, yeah, so we met at Lululemon in Orlando, actually. Um, I had just had a surgery, my last surgery for my accident on my shoulder. Uh, I think it was about three weeks before. And I asked the doctor if I could fly and go somewhere since I wasn't allowed to drive. And he was like, well, as long as you're not driving, you can go anywhere. And um, a dear friend of mine lives down in Orlando. And she was like, come stay with me. We'll go to the parks. And then we ended up going into Lululemon. And Gina and I um, met, started talking, realized we both had so many mutual friends from Disney Cruise Lines. And, and here we are. <laughs> oh, love yes. it. Gorgeous. I told I told her a little bit about um, the podcast that we were starting, and she just got really inspired. Uh, so I was like, hey, you should be our first guest. And here we are today. Yeah. Amazing. Well, let's dive right <laughs> in then, Michaela. Um, I would love for you to share with our listeners your story. Tell us all about you know, how your performing background and how you came to be where you are today. Yeah. Um, you know, I was when I was very little, my, my family took me to see Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. And I remember that was the moment I was hooked. I remember watching it and I was like, oh, that's what I want to do with my life. So, you know, flash forward to, I ended up going to musical theater. Um, I ended up getting to major in musical theater in college. And I was kind of one of those oddballs in college that I, I never had the best voice, but, um, and I, and I was a dancer, but I didn't identify myself with just being a dancer. Um, so I went to Belmont University, and they really did a great job of like honing in on owning the fact that I was a dancer who could sing and really um, encouraging and helping my singing. So by the time I graduated, I felt like a pretty well-rounded triple threat. Um, and even before college, I remember I had a voice teacher who 
because I kind of always felt like that oddball. I couldn't, you know, I wasn't this big power beltress or anything. And, and she showed me a video of Donna McKechnie doing music in the mirror. And she was like, this is who I feel like you kind of identify with. Um, and it was, and I remember watching that and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that someday. Like she's amazing. Um, <laughs> so flash forward to, I graduated college I was really lucky to I kind of stumbled into moving to New York. I wasn't sure that it was something I wanted to do, but um, a best friend of mine, his aunt, um, actually like essentially gave us her apartment to sublet. And so I ended up moving there. I got to audition and I, I ended up doing How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I also ended up doing Disney Cruise Lines, which I was the swing for. And being the swing was incredible. It was such a great experience that challenged me in so many ways. It made me um, realize I was capable of things I didn't know I was capable of. I think we learned like 27 tracks and I felt like all my skills came together in that contract of all the dancer yes, tracks girl. and all the singer tracks. And um, I just absolutely loved it. I just had at the end, I had a, a pretty rough injury that um, when I got back to New York, um, to, it took me about a year to recover from um, kind of all the injuries I had. And, but in that time, I got certified in Pilates. I did a 600-hour Pilates certification. Um, my dance captain from Disney was kind of struggling with some similar injuries. And so she did it as well. And I would not change that time for the world now. Like at the time, it really felt like my career was ending. <laughs> like I was, the world was over and, and all this time was passing by and all my friends are doing all these things I want to do. But, you know, I look back now and I really would not change that time because I learned so much about my body that I wish I would have known going into it because I wouldn't have had the injuries that I had, I think had I known what I learned about my body and how to balance things out and, and the anatomy of the body and what really should be working and how to cross train. And especially in a lot of shows, choreography is very one-sided sometimes. Um, and you don't realize it when you're doing it for a few weeks or a month, but when you're doing a contract for you know six months or more and you're doing eight shows or more a week, you know, by the end of the contract, you or even halfway through, your body's pretty lopsided or beaten up or or whatnot. And um, I wish that we all knew going into our contracts what we should be doing to cross train. And I I think back now to college, and I think that's my biggest regret with college is I wish that's something they would have taught us because it's so different when you're in college and you're doing a weekend of shows or like two weekends of shows. And, you know, that's one thing. But then when you graduate, you're going and you're doing these contracts that are, that are a lot longer and a lot more shows. And it's so different to sustain your body through that than, you know, to power through a weekend or two of shows in college. Um, so that was incredible. And I ended up getting to the end of my certification I was in the best shape of my life. I was fully recovered. Um, I also should mention my, my physical therapists at the time, they actually had me do a lot of Pilates. I was doing a lot of Pilates on equipment in the studio. And they were also kind of like, you know, you should like think about doing some more Pilates in your life. And since it's so expensive, I was like, well, I don't know how I'm gonna take these classes. It's really expensive, especially in New York. And um, I ended up finding a work training or like a work study program that 
I put in my front hour or my, my hours at the front desk, which I could still watch the classes and participate in them. But then I got all that training for like a really low cost. So that's like nice to throw out there for people who are like, I want a Pilates certification, but they're really expensive. Um, there's a lot that's of options so out there. So it's nice. Um, so I got to the end of that and I, I mean, I was in the best shape of my life. I felt amazing. I felt like I had so much control over my body, the way it moved through space and my core was so, um, strong and like centralized that I was, I was doing auditions that I, I wouldn't have even done before my injuries because I didn't feel like I could do them yet. But after that, it just opened up like a world of possibilities um, so the kind of highlight moment of that was I went in for my final callback of a course line for the national tour and they had called me back for Cassie, which blew my mind, um, and some other roles that I loved and they needed a swing. And I went in and my final callback with Biork was music in the mirror. And I, I remember I got to the end of that. I felt so good. And I just said, you know, even if I don't get this, this was like the highlight of my life, like getting to dance that choreography with one of the original people in the show after overcoming all of the obstacles of being injured. Um, I, I was like on cloud nine and I had so much emotional experience that I went through as well that I feel like really prepared me for that moment. And I got the job, and <laughs> I kid you not, five days later, after I signed my contract, I fell down the Manhattan Bridge on my bicycle, riding home from teaching Pilates, and I woke up in oh, an ambulance. Oh, my God. Um, and, and my world was, like, completely shook because I just was like, I have spent this entire year working my butt off so I could get back to what I really love. And I've gotten my absolute dream job and I'm in an ambulance and I can't move. Um, oh my God. So explain, explain that situation to us. Cause I feel like you like, you like skim past it real quick. Um, <laughs> but how did that, how did that happen? Tell us. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. The, the short ish story is I started riding my bike to and from Pilates every day on the weekends because the trains in New York, we all know are very special, especially if you live in Queens. So it was a lot faster for me to ride my bicycle. It took about 45 minutes instead of what was almost like an hour and a half ride on the train because of, you know, everything being closed on the weekends. So I left the studio and I just like kept having these weird like stomach feelings that I should just like take the train or take some, like not ride my bike home. I don't know why I kept having those feelings, but I like looked at the subway station, the train wasn't running and I was like, whatever, I'm just riding my bike home. So it was really windy that day. And I got to the top of the bridge and I even stopped and I like took a picture. I was like, Oh, it's so beautiful today, but wow, it's like really windy. And oh the God. wind... <laughs> Yeah. The wind was blowing in the direction that I was going down the bridge. So it was like, it kind of helped me get up the bridge. But then when I got to the top and I started to go down, I just picked up so much speed and I was like, oh, I'm going way too fast. And there's, um, there's like a really sharp 
circle almost at the end that you have to go around to pop back on the street. I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it around this. And so I tapped my brake. Well, here, when it gets that windy, sand blows up on the bridge. And this is like one of the only bridges they don't clean. So side note, don't, don't bike on this bridge. So when I tapped my brake, I hydroplaned essentially on sand and I just flew over the handlebars. Oh my God. Um, and I like went to the bottom of the bridge and I, and I didn't tell this part of the story either, but, um, when I, when I finally woke up, there was like all these people that were there that were, had been riding behind me and saw the whole thing. And here this doctor was riding right behind me. And when it happened, he like immediately jumped off his bike, patched me up so I didn't bleed out and called 911. So um, wow. you know, despite like so lucky. <laughs> how, how kind of rough it was, I, I really am as lucky as I could be because I should be paralyzed. Um, if not like even worse, you know, like I'm, I'm really lucky that I, while I walked away with some pretty severe injuries, it could have been a million times worse. So I, um, so, so incredible. Yeah. Um, That's like so my biggest fear. So, wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how, so I guess, yeah, what happened, like what happened next? How did that affect your performing career and your, you know, a view of yourself and your body and everything? Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, um, it's been just over two years now and I'm not back to where I was. I, I'll start with that. It's, it's a long journey. Um, but I've been really, um, I guess there's two paths I kind of want to go with this. In one sense, there was someone before that that was put in my life, and she's one. She's a really well-known instructor in New York. Um, she's actually an ambassador for Lululemon now for the um, the Upper West Side Lululemon. That oh, I wow. happened. To, I know, crazy, right? Um, she wrote this article for Fit for Broadway about the melt method, and I remember reading it, and it was about helping with chronic pain and helping to um, heal through injuries faster, rebalance the body, like all things that sounded like, you know, wonderful and helpful. And I remember I was at just a complete breaking point with my injuries the first time that it was like there was a piece of the puzzle that was missing as to why things weren't quite shifting back correctly. And Pilates is amazing, but there, I needed something else to complement it. And I remember I emailed her because I was like, what's the worst that could happen? She just won't respond. And she instantly responded. She um, was like, I can help you. And I remember part of the reason I emailed her was I read her story that she had a really bad injury on a cruise ship. So I was like, oh, cool. We have something that we connect on. Well, when I met her, she was just a, a godsend. She's a complete godsend. She's my mentor in life. She's like the reason I got certified in Melt. She was my like New York wow. mom. She's still the person I talk to and look up to all the time. Um, but she actually got dropped on a cruise ship. She shattered her spine, essentially. She's had five or six oh, spinal wow. and ankle surgeries at this point. And then even oh, after yeah. all that was said and done, like she had an, um, it was like someone attacked her in Central Park. And all the work she had done on her injuries was like gone in that instant moment because of that attack. And oh. but she's completely rehabilitated her body three years later. And 
can run and dance and fitness models and, and now spreads melt to all these performers. And she was such an angel to and our what cast of the forest lines. <laughs> what? I said, what perseverance after all of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's been like my rock and like, I really believe like when you're going through something, someone is putting into your life to, um, remind you that you can come out on the other side and be okay because they've been through it. Um, even it, I, maybe it's like a movie or something for some people. I don't know, but I've, I, I have been so lucky, um, to have met her because there's a lot of days I don't think I would have been able to persevere had I not known that she had gone through everything she went through and made it out on the other side, you know, like even stronger and better than before. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so that's a huge, huge part of my journey and why I got certified in MELT. Um, but then kind of on the flip side too, um, I, was in that, I was in that ER and I remember like my phone wouldn't work except one friend's text message came through to me. And because right before I went into the hospital, I like, I had no idea where I was. I didn't know where they were taking me. I didn't know how to like tell anyone. I like my parents were in a different state. So <laughs> um, I just posted on Facebook because um, I was in Brooklyn and I was like, I am going into a hospital. I have no idea who I am or where I am. I'm just asking for a prayer. And like all my friends in New York instantly were like trying to figure out where I was. <laughs> Wow, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> oh um, my God. And messaging me. And I didn't get any messages until I got out of the hospital except for one. And she messaged me. She was like, What do you need? And I was like, I either need a miracle or I need to know why this is happening. Because um, when we're performers, it's our bodies, it's our livelihood. Yeah. It's you know, you yeah. don't have your body, you don't have your voice, you don't have anything, um, or at least it feels like you don't. Like, there are other things, but um, when you've, and I think that was a huge problem of mine for a long time, is I tied my entire identity to what I could do and who I was as a performer, and this mm. really um, stripped me down to be more than just a performer. Um, to be a person and know who I was outside of performing and outside of that identity um, because I had tied that success completely to what I was doing and who I was. Um, so it was a really rocky journey. I went to the doctors and I was like, I booked my dream tour. What can I do? And he's like, well, you have the best case of scenario, scenario at least, you know, at least you're not paralyzed and at least for a chorus line, there's no floor work and there's no partnering. It, you really are on your feet the whole time. And it was a swing, which meant, you know, it's not like I would be doing music in the mirror every single night. He was like, if you were doing that, I would tell you, no, you need, you couldn't do it. But I would say, if you are relentless with your PT for the next eight weeks until rehearsals start, I think you can do it. Um, so I did. I plowed through all my PT. Um, I worked with Marissa a lot on Melt. I, I, I mean, it was like a full-time job, you know, to make sure I got my body ready for a chorus line. And um, they did an MRI, but the problem with the MRI is they didn't do the right one. And I've also found out that the doctor doesn't always read the MRI. Sometimes the radiologist does, and they don't catch things that a doctor would catch. 
So I didn't, I knew something didn't feel right (laughs) with my shoulder, but I didn't know what was wrong because I got the MRI, the insurance wouldn't approve another one. And they just said, you know, it looks fine to us. Um, so I went all through tour and I, I'm, I'm really glad I got to do it. Um, and it didn't really affect me other than, um, I knew I couldn't like use my arm as I knew I just wasn't as strong as I, I was going into it. Like I knew I could have been a lot stronger and a lot more centered. Um, but by the time I got to the end, I was like always in pain and, it always hurt and I always had headaches and jaw pain and different things. Um, but my whole family got to see me go in for Cassie, which was like full circle of, you know, being that young performer watching Donna McKechnie videos and telling your parents that's what you want to do. And then them getting to actually see you do it was incredible. Um, (laughs) but I got to the end of tour and I was like, okay, it's time to go figure out what's wrong. And I really slunk into like a deep depression. I went back to New York and I started waiting tables again. And I was like, oh my gosh, how did I get back here? But here I am. And I couldn't even like every actor's life. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I couldn't even hold like glasses right. I was dropping stuff all the time. It got to a point I couldn't even open doors, but the doctors just kept saying, more PT, more PT. We can't authorize another MRI. You know, the insurance won't approve one, blah, blah, blah. So I really spiraled hard. Um, I spiraled down to a point I would only let pretty much two friends see me. I would get up and go to work. That was about it. And then I would like lay in bed and watch Netflix all the rest of the time um, because I just could not face being outside in New York City, not doing what I was meant to do again. And then I really spiraled into an eating disorder of um, lots of different facets of the eating disorders. But in this particular moment in time, it was a lot of like binging and purging. And and then I just got to a point I couldn't stop and it was time to go home. Um, I just couldn't figure out what was wrong with my shoulder. I was kind of out of control with my eating disorder too. Um, And I called my parents and they said, you can come home let's figure out what's wrong. You know, let's get you healthy. Um, cause I was just not m- mentally, emotionally, spiritually, nothing about me at that point really was healthy. Um, so I went home and got a lot of treatment. Um, went, worked really, worked really hard with a counselor, did all the work, uh, did all the therapy. And then kind of in the meantime, I actually worked at Lululemon for seasonal for the holidays. Um, yeah, my um, right. <laughs> I love Danielle's it. also worked for Lululemon. I have, yes. so we're all Lululemon peeps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, all my coworkers had had shoulder surgeries. It was funny. We had a lot of guys who went to a university here who were lacrosse players and football players and baseball players and. And they were kind of like asking me and they were like, oh, you should go see this guy. He works on all of the college players, like all of the NFL players, all, he'll know what's wrong. So it took a while to get into him. But once I finally did, he took, he like, he just touched my shoulder and he was able to pull my left shoulder, like two inches out of its socket versus the right one wouldn't. (laughs) He goes, your shoulder shouldn't do that. Like it's definitely torn or something's wrong with it. He's like, we're going to get the right MRI approved so we can figure out what's wrong. 
Um, so I had to get like one of those injected MRIs where they inject the dye and stuff in there. So oh. it came back and it was like, oh yeah, you need shoulder surgery. There's no doubt about it. Um, so then that was kind of like part two. Of, I was, I'm very thankful they finally figured out what was wrong, but it has not been an easy journey. Um, through shoulder surgery and it's taken one of a lot of patients that sometimes I'm good at and sometimes I'm really bad at. <laughs> um, but kind of in the meantime, I got to do a production of Shrek and, and work more towards, you know, EMC and equity, which was great. And um, then got my shoulder surgery. And then that's how Gina and I met. And yes. it's... It's like a one-year recovery process, so I'm kind of at the eight-month mark now. So it's it uh, it it doesn't hurt or anything anymore, and I'm kind of through all the PT. It's just so stiff, and it kind of affects the rest of my body and the way I move and what I can do. So I'm you know I'm still at that point that I have to be really patient and um, and work through things, but. I'm, um, I'm ballroom dancing now, which I love and, and kind of came into my life and teaching that, um, as well as doing track again, because that's a show I can definitely do right now. And, um, actually assisting on that as, as an assistant choreographer this year. And, and, um, it's just, I, I'm really happy. I love Cleveland and, um, I realized that I'm a lot happier here getting to kind of spend my whole day doing a lot of different things I love than grinding it out in New York City and hoping that I get to do something. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, there, I, there's a lot of people that want to do that. And I think that's amazing. I just realized for me, success was not booking a Broadway show or booking another national tour or, you know, booking these things you post on Facebook or Instagram for everyone to be like, oh my gosh, you know, like that's amazing. For me, it's getting to do what I love as much of the time as I can. Um, so, and, and having balance, having family, having, having a boyfriend and having time to spend with him and, um, and, getting to go on walks by the lake and um, <laughs> getting to go on trips and spend time with friends and, and having some balance. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the wow, gist yeah. of it. <laughs> you I mean, your story, is, story. It, yeah, your story is just so incredible. I mean, you've gone through so much and it's, it's so inspiring to hear, you know, how how that's brought you to where you are now. And I feel like you touched on so many things um, that, you know, Gina and I, you know, we just, we, we have questions, but it's like, it's so, you touch on so many things that are important to us and that um, we feel like um, are just important for other people to, to hear, you know? So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, I guess Absolutely. my first question um, I mean, you kind of touched upon it, you know, when you were talking about your earlier injuries and, you know, how it feels kind of like the end of the world, you know, like you're like, oh no, like I can't do what I want to do. And, you know, it feels really, um, it, it just, it, it's depressing. Like it, it really sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> how, 
how how do you find like you stay motivated and inspired when you experience a setback like that? Like how do you feel like you you would do you would handle that now versus maybe how you did in the past? Ooh, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways and and I don't think there's I think it's a combination of things and there's not one right way. Um, but I think the most important thing is a gratitude list. Um and kind of with that just things that remind you to stay grateful for what you have and who you are. And if that means going and volunteering at a homeless shelter or, or whatever you need, like when I first came home, I did a lot of work at a children's hospital and with, um, at like some different walks, like we did down syndrome walks and autism speaks that walk and different things and, and things like that. And talking to people just, kind of got me out of my own way and got me out of my head of like, oh, woe is me. My life sucks. It's like, no, there's a lot of people going through way worse things than I'm going through. And I, I've had to take a lot of hiatuses. I, I don't know how you say that plural. Um, I've had to take a <laughs> social media <laughs> hiatus multiple times because for, for me, that's where I really struggle. If I see my friends all booking this, that, and the other, and I'm not in a place right now to do that. It's so easy to compare myself. And, and yeah. I think there's great things about social media, but I also think it's, there's a time you have to be honest with yourself if it's helping you or if it's hurting you. Because if you're constantly comparing yourself, you're not going to feel motivated to be your best self and get better. Um, yeah. And if it comes from a competitive place, that's also going to catch up with you too. So finding ways to be really grounded, um, surrounding yourself with people who you care about and care about you is really important. Um, I, I have a tendency to isolate myself when I feel inferior or when I feel um, not worthy or not myself or not proud or whatever. And that's, that's the time you've got to surround yourself with people even more. So that's definitely something I would do differently. Um, and I learned that you have to have something else in your life besides performing. Like it can't be the end all be all and it can't be what defines you. So, you know, for me, I found Pilates, I found um, body art, I found melt, I found um, some people love knitting. I don't know. It's, you just have to find something else that you love and enjoy besides performing that if the world comes crashing down on you in that realm, you have something else to hold on to and look forward to and inspires you and motivates you. And then kind of going through those real life experiences is what makes you a better performer. So you have to, I, I don't know, watch documentaries. <laughs> and I love what you said about, um, about not letting the industry define you like having kind of like a backup plan, but not only yeah. that, like having a backup plan, but also just, just experimenting with other parts of yourself. I think that's super important. Um, yeah. We can get so involved in just the performing industry and, and lose parts of ourselves uh, on the way and forget yeah. that, you know, the things that we love to do, like you said, you know, walk by the lake or, um, you know, like that. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. And I don't like the idea of like a backup plan, but I think just like, like you said, like looking at other things in your life, like there, it's great to incorporate like other things and, you know, not just, you know, have only one thing that is important to you. Like it's important to look at it from like mm-hmm. a whole perspective. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. that's awesome. 
And I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. Like, this is so important that we have outlets that we're sharing this and we're talking about this. And, and the reason I share my story is to, like, if there's that person out there going through the same thing, that they know there's someone who has gone through it and, and made it out on the other side, because that's kind of one of the things that I feel like tends to happen is someone gets injured and like, they feel so isolated. They feel alone. They feel like they're the only person going through it. That's how I felt. And, um, and then you realize once, once there's things like this and there's documentaries and there's YouTube videos and, um, and different things of people sharing, then you realize you're not alone and there's other people out there who have gone through it or are going through it. Thank you so much, girl. We, that's our mission. That's our goal is to spread this and make this performing industry and wellness and this subject that we're talking about of body image and um, injury, something relatable to a lot of people and, um, and be able to help others in the industry currently or, or struggling to get in really. Yeah. So thank you. So I have a, another question for you. Um, okay. What thing you would change about the performing industry? And was there an and? Did you hear me? I said and and why? <laughs> and oh, and why? I heard. <laughs> I just heard and. I was like, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I know I had initially said I would definitely change body image. Um, there's just such a, there's such a focus on how you look, um, and that there's this certain way to look that's desirable and, um, attractive and, um, there's such these like stereotypes that we try and fit everyone into. And I think it's what, um, a lot of us strive to fit those stereotypes and especially certain ones. And then in the process, we kind of lose our uniqueness and our, what makes us who we are. And then we do a lot of crazy things to try and fit those. Um, and there's such an emphasis on it. Um, so that's definitely one, one thing I would change. Um, but then another one that kind of came to mind is, I wish that we could change um, maybe the focus of perfection and focus a little more on like well-being in the performance world. Um, it's like we're cranking out show after show after show after show and hour after hour after hour. And, you know, as performers, like, yes, it's so important that we're healthy and we take care of our bodies and, and eventually you have to learn how to thrive in those environments. But I think too, sometimes if we slowed down a little bit and maybe took an hour off of a crazy tech week or something like maybe the longevity of our performers would, would be a little bit better and their health and their wellness and such would be a little, little bit better. And, and like some shows I feel like are starting to understand it vocally. Like, oh, let's not have Alphaba sing eight shows a week. Like, let's have her do five or six and then have the understudy go in or or same with Phantom and some different ones. But, you know, I don't think it – and, and it, a lot of it comes down to money. But I think our performers would be a lot happier and last a lot longer if we focused on 
the long haul and not just the short term of cranking out show after show after show. Yeah, I think that is so, 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 so important. I love that you touched upon that. It's like our bodies are our instrument. Like we need Mm -hmm. our bodies in order to have a career. So if we want a long-term career, we need to think long-term and establish habits and practices that will help us, you know, with that. So absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's also about like changing, like you said, changing what the idea of success is and and how we're viewing, viewing the industry. We're viewing it as, you know, very competitive. Um, we're viewing it as a hustle. We're not viewing it as something that's sustainable. Um, so I think just changing our mindset about it, like it can be a career, it can be something sustainable. I think we just have to focus on it and we have to put these practices into action, um, to, to make it more sustainable for ourselves and our lives for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Danny, got another question, girl? Um, yeah, I guess before we wrap up, um, what would you tell your younger self as a performer? Just starting out <laughs> in the industry, what would you say? Would you be like, hey girl? <laughs> oh man, oh, that's funny. Hey girl. Um, you know, it's funny when I first went to New York, I was a, I was a little fearless because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I, you know, beyond people being like, oh, New York's expensive. Like it's hard to hold down a survival job and blah, blah, blah. Like when you're green and you just move there and you have no idea what you're getting into, like I was not in my head. I just did my thing. And I think that's why I like kind of did well to start. Um, so in that sense, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't tell my younger self, you know, what New York was like, because is it good to go into New York, you know, a smart performer? Yes. But there's something to be said about not being limited by those um, stigmas. And I think it's so easy to get into a conversation of a group of actors, whether it's Orlando or New York or wherever. And, oh, it's this way and blah, 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 and this and that. And then you kind of have all these like almost prejudiced thoughts about auditioning in your head. Um, so I think that's important, but I definitely would have told my younger self um, to learn how to take care of myself and um, that it's going to be a long journey ahead and don't lose people in the process. Like don't, don't get so wrapped up in your career 24-7 that you don't have time for your friends or anyone else because there's definitely a lot of time in college and in um, – New York that I was like a hundred percent. I was either at work or I was at a dance class or I was auditioning and I had time for almost nothing else. Um, and then also this one of, you know, I, I think a friend of mine posted that she, she runs dancers who lift, which is like a really cool cross training for dancers, but. Oh, I know. Um, I've heard of her. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. Amber. Um, but alcohol is a very, um, prevalent thing in the industry. And, you know, I went through that where, oh, every show you go out and drink and this and that. And, and I remember she posted, she was like, an accountant doesn't go out and drink every time he like finishes an assignment. So why do you go out and drink every time you finish a show? It's your job. And I was like, wow, that is so true. Um, so I wish you would find ways too. Oh my gosh. I know all the crew parties and yep. Yeah. It's like, I just want to go out on the weekends, like not every day. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, 
so I like, we need other ways to bond and, and spend time with one another. And I think it is starting to shift. Like, I think there's, there's definitely the people on a chorus line that like we would bond over hiking or, um, I don't know, uh, hiking or coffee shops or going to a workout class, a yoga class or something. But I definitely felt like when I first got to New York, like you had to go out and meet everyone drinking and, and, um, or you didn't know anyone and you were like isolated. So that's, that's something I would have just told my, my younger self of like, nope, you don't have to do it that way. Like plug into a fitness community or, or something and go there. So yeah, (laughs) definitely. There definitely would have been times I was a lot healthier if I would have done that. So, and, and a lot more sustainable as well. Yeah. That's definitely, I mean, it's so common for, for young people, you know, we just want to fit in and we want to do what everyone else is doing and, (laughs) you know, but yeah, I mean, that's such, that's such great advice. Like you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Like let's work on changing, changing this, you know, it, it doesn't have to be this way, you know, like you said, we can bond over other things. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, We are going to fire off some questions in the spotlight for you, Michaela. All right. (laughs) Get ready. Um, Your first one, yes, your first one is, what is your favorite go-to snack? Ooh, um, I I guess protein bars. I don't know. I'm a huge fan of protein bars. Is there a specific Um, bar you like? Yes, I love the no-cow bars. They're my favorite. Mm. Nice. I'll I don't think I tried it. them. Yeah. <laughs> they're um they're vegan bars, which I've been vegan a few different times that I just and I still love them. They have like they have a really good nutrition profile. They don't have really junk in them. Um and they're just the easiest thing to carry around with me. And you know, if you're out somewhere and you're hungry and you need it, it's there. Gorgeous. What is your favorite podcast or book that's been most inspiring to you? Ooh. I have so many. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Highest Self podcast. I can't name just one. Um, <laughs> That's the okay. Rise podcast with um, Rachel Hollis. I'm a huge fan of the Ed Milet show, um, Rise Together with Rachel and Dave. My boyfriend and I both love to listen My to that My husband one. loves that. It's so good. It's so good. And then to talk about them. Um, <laughs> and then books. <laughs> Uh, I think Girl Stop Apologizing was a good launching point. Like it was definitely yeah. very inspiring and I, and I know it's the one everyone talks about. Um, but then it kind of sent me down a path to a lot more inspiring books. And so right now I'm reading Atomic Habits and that one has been really good too. I heard that one was good. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing girl. Okay. What is your favorite tool for recovery slash self-care? <laughs> the melt method. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Salt bath, but no, I mean, it's just life changing. So it, it will always be my favorite method. Um, and then like a good Epsom salt bath is just always glorious. Mm. Mm. Oh, love that. Amazing. And last question, what does holistic wellness mean to you? Uh, to me, it means that you are mentally, spiritually, physically healthy, um, inside and out. There can be one part of you that is healthy, but if everything else isn't, it's not holistic. Um, 
So I think it's what we're feeding ourselves physically. Yes. Feeding ourselves, um, treating our bodies like we want it to last us for the next 70 plus years, you know, however old we are and however long we're going to last, but, um, giving our body what it needs, not what we think it needs or what we want. For sure. I love that. Such good balance. Yeah. Easier said than done. Definitely something I've struggled with a lot. Um, And I think, I don't know that I've said that enough, but I've really, I've had some great highs in my life, but I've really had some big struggles too. So, and we all do, like we're all human. We all go through it. Um, So of course, these are all the things I aspire. And when I'm like in it to win it, I feel like I'm there, but there are times that I'm not there and there are things I'm, I'm working to get back to. So Forgiveness. You know, I think that's, that's about. Yeah, I think that's so good of recognizing those moments of those setbacks because it takes a lot of bravery to to pick what you need as opposed to what you want, which is what you just said of like moving home and and completely, you know, not being in the city and treating your body with the respect and the love that it needed. And it takes a lot of um, bravery and respect and courage to to do that and. And I think it's important to recognize that for sure. Yeah. And recognize that it's progress. Like you said, like it's progress and you're always a work in progress. You're always working on yourself and it's not about perfection or being perfect or doing everything right, you know? Exactly. And you're not, you may, you may be lucky to get success in your twenties. Awesome. If you're one of those people, but I have so many people I know that are, I was also really lucky in New York to, with Marissa, I had a lot of mentors that like they didn't get on Broadway or book their dream jobs until they were in their forties. They just, Mm -hmm. they just kind of did other things in the meantime and were happy. And then when it happened, it happened. But by the time they got there, it wasn't the thing that defined them anymore. It was just like an added bonus to their life. So that was like amazing, really cool to be surrounded by. That's so beautiful. I love that so much. So, well, Michaela, this is the end of our episode. Unfortunately, we wish we could talk all day with you. <laughs> I know, stay. I wish I could talk to you guys all day. <laughs> oh my God, we'll have to set up a date when we're in New York. Well, when I'm in New York and when you're in New York. <laughs> yeah, yes, or today. back down in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Michaela, um, so where Mich- can our um, where can our audience find you? Um, well, I have a website, so I have a lot on there. Um, I am on Instagram, and when I'm when I'm active on social media, that's probably what I'm the most active on. I've just been kind of on a hiatus for a while. Um, I have a blog, and then I also have a lot of videos from like my recovery on YouTube as well. Awesome. What's your? Uh, we'll we'll include your um, information in our show notes. But if you just want to say your Instagram handle. Yes. Um, so it's at tiny Don Seuss. So it's tiny T I N Y. And then Don Seuss is French D A N S E U S E. Adorable. Well, thank you so much, Michaela, for, for coming and joining us on our podcast. We are so excited that you're our first guest. Um, so many discoveries in this conversation and so many beautiful, uh, things that we talked about. Um, if you guys, our audience, have any questions or comments um, about the episode or for Michaela, you can always 
comment us, uh, comment on any of our posts on Facebook or Instagram, or you can DM us on the same uh, location, Facebook or Instagram, or you can even contact Michaela if she's okay with that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yes. <if> you, <laughs> perfect. If you have any questions, but let's keep this that's combo all we going. Have for now. Yes. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye guys. Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> Bye guys. Thank you. Bye. Hey creatives. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We are beyond grateful for your interest and support in our conversation. We hope you'll tune in each week for fresh new content and some inspiration from wherever you are in the world. Whether you're on tour, auditioning, or in your hometown community theater, share this with your cast, friends, and anyone in the industry who could benefit from this podcast. If you like what you hear, write us a review. You can do this through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Share with us what you liked and what you want to hear more of. This will help us with our mission to support performers with their health and wellness goals. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at On Stage with Wellness. You can follow Danny at Danny Nicole Wellness and Gina at Gina Daniels Coaching. You can find all the links you need in the show notes. Until next time, performers, remember, you know enough, you have enough, and you are enough.